The world-famous Conservation Canine Camp will next be running in southeast Queensland, Australia, from the 21st to the 25th of August. Join us with your dog to start your journey into conservation detection. Visit padfoot.com.au to book your place today. From the Field is a new series from the Conservation Canine Podcast where our very own conservation dogs person and ecologist Ella Watkins spends time working in the field with and learning from some of the best practitioners in the conservation dog sector world. Over the next few episodes of the series, Ella will be reporting back on the work she's undertaking with previous podcast guest Rita Santos and Hera from Dogs for Nature, searching for grasshopper egg pods in the same Welcome to the Conservation Canine Podcast. My name is Ella and I'll be taking you through our From the Field series. I'm here in France with Hedda's Treat Dispenser, talking about something she's very passionate about. How are you, Rita? I'm doing great. You're Thank great. you. Are you prepared? How? Never. <laughs> um, so this afternoon we visited a shelter, a dog shelter. Um, it was eye-opening in a way in a way it was very educational of course um do you want to start us off by talking about how you turned your unadoptable shelter dog into this lady of luxury (laughs) sure um so yeah Ada was obviously a shelter dog she was born on the streets of Lisbon she Grew up in the shelter because there was very nice people. They gave her the opportunity. And yeah, unfortunately, her energy level was not friendly to her because she needed to get that energy out and she couldn't. So she just got frustrated and frustrated. Therefore, she became a little bit aggressive. And with years passing by, that aggression became a bit more and more and then they eventually just marked her as non-adoptable because she wasn't suitable for a family which is understandable she has a lot of energy she is actually very good at what she do so it's due to her characteristics of being very very active and being obsessed with a toy and she's a good fetcher and a good Tugger. But yeah, she was in the shelter, and actually, a friend of mine saw her on the internet and sent me the link and sent and asked if she would be okay to test if I would be interested. And when I was going through Portugal with at the time my dog Zeus, I booked a visit. We talked to the shelter people. They were extremely nice. They understood our job. They met Zeus. They were very open-minded about it. Uh, and yeah, we took it out into a place called Sintra, which is a very gorgeous area. And we tested area, era. And that just consists in tossing balls around and see if she likes to grab and 
bring it back. And here she is now, napping on our bed, <laughs> waiting for the next work day. Exactly. <laughs> so my experience of shelters in Australia, they are basically giving dogs away. They will, if you turn up on the day and say, hey, I want a dog, they'll say which one and how many. But that's not really what we came across today. Can you do a little bit of translating for me? <laughs> and... um I guess explain the behaviour and the words that the lady we met today at the gate. She, the first one. The first one. Just explain a little bit about why it was so difficult for us to get in. Mm, yeah, <laughs> sure. So what I the late the first lady we met at the gate. I'm guessing she was in charge of the kennel and. Yeah, she was not very open-minded, let's say. Uh, she was a very difficult person. She asked a lot of questions. She asked, where do we live? Uh, what kind of house do we have? If we have cats, children, if we are married or single, if we have uh, other animals like farm animals. She asked if the garden was fenced, if the dog would be inside, outside, if it would be both. How many times a day do they spend alone? Keep in mind, this is after we phone interviewed and explained all this. Yes. Yes. So. After trying to book a visit. Yes. But in the car ride back, you explained to me that she was probably very high up, if not the owner, and she would have seen the worst of yes. people. Yes, so she was what we call old school. So there's the new blood in the shelters and there's the old school people. And yeah, from the outside, they seemed a little bit rude, a little bit defensive. Oh, you don't want to give your dogs away. Oh, you're keeping all the dogs. And it can, I can understand the outside view, but... I've seen up close what it takes a day to day of those ladies, and it's they've seen it all. Like if things you cannot even imagine. Yeah, we saw that dog that today that was burned and oh, yeah. kicked, and yeah. So that is a normal Tuesday for them. Yeah, and yeah, the their phones don't stop. Three phones. 30 calls a day, everybody wants to drop their dogs on them, everybody wants help, everybody wants money. So they just, they are just fed up with society. And we know what we want and we go in with the best of intentions, but not not all people are like that. Mm -hmm. And there's rituals going on and around the holidays, black cats get adopted a lot and it's very weird and then they show up dead. It's it's not a pleasant thing. So although she, yes, she was a little bit difficult at the entrance, um, it's just, yeah, judging by the look, it's complicated because it's it's a it's a brutal world. She was just trying to look up. Yes. For yeah. And again, she was already of age. Like she, yeah, she had definitely a rough path. But then we played the foreigner cards on the new bloods <laughs> and we got let in. <laughs> Poor thing. Um, and she showed us around and she was lovely and she was very understanding and she tried to educate us on what owner each dog needed. Um, she was good. 
Yeah, they try to try to because the volunteers know the dogs. They are the ones that spend time with them. They are the ones that walk them, fed, feed them, bath, take them for baths, yeah, showers, whatever. Take care of them, take them to the vet. So they are the best way to get around the shelter and be like, okay, what kind of dog do you want? And I said, well, I always look for dogs that are very energetic and they don't stop. And normally volunteers go like, oh, that that is not a good dog. That is a bad dog. So those are the ones I we ask to see. And just because of our work, obviously. Um, but... Yeah, she was lovely and she took us everywhere and she presented to presented us to all the dogs. She really took her time going through. Yeah, she was incredible. So although we are on the hunt for a little dog, <laughs> we did stumble a do- across a bigger dog that caught your eye, but can you explain what you look for? So you explain the high energy, but what does that behavior translate to when you're walking through a shelter? Ah, uh, basically a dog that wants to kill you. <laughs> so lunging then. Lunging at the fence, try, yeah, full walking energy, like going from one side to the other, going in round. How do you say that behavior? In pacing. In pacing, yep. yes. Uh, a lot of that. Um, yeah, dogs that do not stop and rest, they're not sitting quiet or, yeah, they respond to your presence and your movement a lot. Mm. And we found a potential candidate. <laughs> potential. I don't know. I just, yeah, it's just. Well, for my sake and educational experience. <laughs> um, so he has the energy. That's for sure. He has it. So just to describe a bit of about how he was, we were uh, two or three pens away, as in like rows, mm-hmm. and he was lunging at the fence, jumping, growling, barking. He was wild. And then as we got closer, that obviously intensified um and but you describe that as being fearful so if we were to take him out on a walk or to a play area why would that be and what would we be looking for testing for just walk us through the process of well potential candidate yeah although he seemed very yeah, he showed off a lot of aggressive behavior. As soon as you open the door, they're like, oh, maybe not. <laughs> because it's their house, it's their place. They spend all day, uh, probably the week. I, I have no idea how that shelter works. But um, yeah, they spend a lot of time there. They, they're high energy. They have to redirect there somewhere. So they end up very frustrated and they start to redirect their energy at, whatever they can and in this case was a new thing and because we are different from the day-to-day that happens in the kennel it happened to be us but it could be as well as a kid or a, another dog a cat it, it doesn't really matter that dog wasn't really focused on people he was focused on the new that was coming in and because he cannot do anything about it, it was just barking and growling and showing teeth and going from one side to the other very fast. But yeah, if I would take him out, I would just be walking him. Absolutely no, like just put a collar, a lead and go for go for a stroll. See if he's interested in the environment the way he is interested in the environment. If he smells around, if he's going to be fearful of everything, 
um, how he displays his behavior. And then when he gets a, a little bit of the walk, because obviously the first 15, 20 minutes is just them getting a little bit of the outside, um, you can calm down, find a quiet place or a secure place to just have them play with you and see how they interact. If they want to play with you with the ball, if they want to play f uh, fetch, tug, if they don't want the ball at all, if they just prefer to go out and smell, if they prefer your company, if they prefer to be petted. Yeah, you just hang out with them and see what they tell you. It's a conversation, it's communication back and forth. So you learn very quickly whether this is just a display behavior or if it's a, I'm going to say, problem that you're going to have to work through. Yeah. Uh -huh. And then from that, if they're detection dog material. Yeah. <laughs> detection dog material is... Very broad. Yeah. <laughs> because the, the behavioral problems are fixable. That just depends on the handler and the handler's will to go through that. Um, yeah, detection material is good, hyperactive, good focus for play and be anatomically fit for the field. So if it's too chunky, like too heavy for the field, you might want to consider it. If the coat is too, too thin, you might want to consider um, yeah, uh, if the kind of work you're going to be doing, the coat is too long or too short, depends. Yeah, you have to be to have all of that into consideration. It's not about the looks; it's about to be what you need from that dog. So, on the way back home, you were talking to me that even though this dog might not be what you want or need right now, you might consider taking it. Can you talk us through why? Oh, that's just my per personal. <laughs> so this particular dog happens to be my um, favorite breed, which so we are in the hot spot for that breed. Therefore, it's yeah. Um, but that would be out of just uh personal choice because I love the breed. I love to help dogs that have that kind of behavior in our book as, oh, no, no, that dog cannot go out. So as soon as they say that in a shelter, those are the dogs I want to go for. I prefer to go for the dogs that are kept in the back and no, they're not in display for people, let's say that. Because they might not necessarily have another way out. Yeah. And if you can provide that way out, why not? If I if I have the knowledge to help them, I won't. I owe them that much. Sure. <laughs> they taught me everything I know. Um. So that Malinois that came back from the walk, <laughs> um, I knew you we were gonna mention. <laughs> how can I not? He we got pushed off the path um, well before he was coming, and he still tried to. <laughs> To nip at us, um, politely. Nip. That's a very <laughs> polite way to put it. He would eat you. <laughs> Gums bare, drool everywhere, pulling on the lead. Full um, police force on you. So we talked about that a little bit and we said that, not definitely, but likely that was someone's attempt at a guard dog, a bite dog, and they realised that they didn't have the education and it backfired on them. 
not necessarily what happened, but what we can suspect. Yeah, I think that dog is the mirror of what society does to breeds. So a breed shows up in a movie or as very well educated somewhere um, and people think they can have the capacity and knowledge or time <laughs> to have those dogs and then they realize they don't and then the dogs end up in the shelter. I was very, very surprised that the number of Malinois, purebred Malinois in that shelter beat the number of pit bulls. Normally pit bulls are always the high number, but <laughs> there was way more Malinois in it. And that's not to say there's not educated people out there. There's just saying that you really need to research your breeds. Exactly. And understand that it's a commitment. It's going to take work. Especially if you're teaching your dog. And I, I'm not against bite work at all. There's dogs, obviously, that are bred for that. They're very good at it. But if you're going to do it, just make sure your dog's not going to end up in somebody's care. That's, yeah, you're just going to be disposing of that dog and again we don't know anything about it we didn't ask we it could be somebody that ended up in the hospital for another reason and the dog had to go like could be a number of reasons we'll never know but yeah but by the number of malinois there and the number of working malinois that were there um yeah we could definitely assume that society is taking a chunk on breeds again. Yeah, the hot they always at are. the moment. Yeah. And they're a working breed. and You cannot have a Malinois as a, a pet and hoping that it's going to be a six-month-old, well-behaved pet. I was like, it's going to want to chew through everything and play and play and play and time and time and time. And We can sit here all night and oh, yeah. assess breeds. Oh, um, but with the amount that were there. <laughs> Far out. How about any other behaviours or individuals that were worthy of mention? Um, yeah, so for, again, every potential dog has to sit you personally. And obviously because we are in a hot spot for the, the breed I like, the first one caught my eye, but because he had a broken paw... Um, obviously I couldn't, although he had... He had good energy. Yeah, exactly. He had the good mm -hmm. energy, had the good body anatomy, mm -hmm. yeah. He could definitely take on the work physically, uh, but for obvious reasons, he couldn't. I would, yeah. I was trying to get to see if there was any more physical issues that I saw that, that I would over, like I would look away for our work. The, the dog that was blind, they can still do the, the job with one eye. I don't think why not. I don't. Yeah, why not? <laughs> but that's the reason we're going to these shelters is to research the individuals likely to come in, what we're, we can expect. We can, because you're not in an urgent rush for another dog. No. Yeah. You can take your time researching different shelters, different hotspots, seeing what they're the likely candidates are going to be and that way you can take your time and get the dog that's right for you and pick a work that's right for the dog. Yes. Mm -hmm. Totally. <laughs> um, on a lighter note, 
there was some very adorable <laughs> dogs there. Oh, man. There was some... There was puppies and some. I saw an Australian Shepherd that looked pure almost bread. purebred. He was purebred for in the sure. shelter. He was um, gorgeous. Just the the breeds that were in there, you can tell that the area is a bit, a bit. I don't know what word fancy. to use. Fancy. There yes, we go. Let's say um, fancy. But it broke my heart. This Maremma, Lolly. Oh. Yeah, she was adorable. She, she had was, been in there for was it six years? Two thousand and sixteen. Mm. And she she had a whole castle, and she was the sweetest thing. And yeah, let's raise awareness for Lolly. Go get Lolly. Go get Lolly. <laughs> She's the sweetest, adorable dog. Yeah. Not saying that there's anything against breeders. They have their. T- we were talking of about course. this too. They have yeah. their place. They have their. And I love a good breeder. Come oh. on, I'll I'll have a good chat with them. <laughs> But yeah, there's always backyard breeding and inbreeding. We we got to talk about inbreeding oh, yesterday yeah. with the Rhodesian Ridgeback. Yeah, yeah. So there's always yeah, there's always. I was a little bit um, surprised with the amount of purebred dogs that we came across today. In perfectly good condition. Yes, that German Shepherd was. Oh, beautiful. That almost looks show line worthy. It was. I, I think it was because of the way they had mm. the back, the not the working hips, light. Yeah. yeah. The He had, yeah. Uh, the, the, four, what, four, four border collies. Oh, they were gorgeous. Yeah. Th- that one-year-old puppy. Oh, my God. But again, we can sit here all night. Yes. <laughs> Talk about I can, how good yeah. Um, but obviously the audience that we're mostly hitting on is well-educated and understands yes. the shelter experience. Um, but it's always a good message to spread. Yeah, not correctly. everybody is like that and not everybody goes to a shelter with the best of intentions. Oh, that's it. So there is a whole nother world that we don't consider and that's why the people that run... Uh, shelters are so on the back foot, a defensive uh, attitude. Because you've been telling me stories all month about the people that you've dealt with, the dogs that have come back to you repeatedly. Yeah, the dogs of... we had to chase for a month. <laughs> yeah. Because people adopt them and then they abandon them and you have to go and spend a month looking for them. Um, yeah, there's hor- horrific stories that I don't think we should get into. <laughs> no, we don't need to. Um, but we will update everyone on our progress. I believe we're going back next week. Yes, we'll go and walk some dogs. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how many Rita brings home. <laughs> it's very difficult. I've been in the shelters of quite, quite a fair bit. You're not I as know soft as to. I am. <laughs> I've already sent several photos home for mum and dad. So I might not walk away, but you might walk oh. away with a few. Oh. Esky needs too much work. I think he's an only child for a little bit longer. Yep. Yeah. That's okay. We'll update you all next week. Thank you for listening to the Conservation Canine Podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, please like, share and subscribe wherever you find us.